Hello, welcome to the brief for the Women of the Bible Speak by Shannon Breen. So what we'll be looking at is her book that's a bestseller right now on Amazon. And just for those of you who don't know much about Shannon, she's an author of a book called Finding the Bright Side, and she's one of the main anchors on Fox News. Now in this book, she looks at 16 different women in the Bible and the lessons that they have to teach us today. And so what we're going to do is look at three of the women that she looked at in, the, in her book. And then after that, if you're interested in the other women, the other 13, you should consider buying her book. But the first one we'll look at is the story of Tamar. And so what you should know about Tamar is you may recall that Judah was the brother who, when all of the, the sons of Joseph went, the sons of uh, Actually, Jacob went to sell Joseph to the Egyptians. He was the one who wanted to actually sneak him out of the pit and, you know, bring him back home. But, you know, he was already gone. And so during the time while Joseph was in prison and a servant in Egypt, Judah had gone and married a Canaanite woman. And with her, he had three sons. Now, the first son he had was a guy named Er. But Er the Lord, the Bible tells us that he was wicked. And he was so wicked, in fact, that the Lord took him. And Er was married to Tamar. So Tamar was probably a very young woman, a very young girl, we would call her today. Um, you know, married to this guy who was so wicked that the Lord himself had to take her. And so, now remember, a large part of this, the, the what was believed to be a blessing, was to have children in this culture. And so Er had left her with with no children. So she's childless and now has no husband. So what she does is uh, she is given the next brother in line, which is Onan, which is the proper. This is the way that things worked in according to the law. So if someone died and had no heir, then their brother was supposed to marry the wife and produce the heir for the brother. Now, this would be a selfless act because if they did that, they would give up part of their inheritance, you know, to that son who wouldn't be counted as their own. In fact, it would be the firstborn that they would have to give up. And so Onan refused to do his duty in that front. And, uh, you know, he would, as they say, spill his seed on the ground rather than uh, impregnate Tamar. And so the Lord took him as well because he refused to do what he was supposed to do. And so that left one son who was very young, Shelah. And after looking at the situation, um, Judah decided, hey, look, I'm not giving any more of my sons to this woman because, you know, they end up dying. And so at this point, he, uh, he goes ahead and he goes on about his life, really. Now, he turns out loses his wife. And he, so he's a widow a widower, and during this time in his life, um, T Tamar could have just like given up and, you know, consigned herself to her fate as a widow, you know, a life of poverty and not very good life. But she decided, hey, I'm going to get what's coming to me one way or the other here. And so what she did was she went and she disguised herself as a prostitute on the side of the road in a way where she knew Judah was going to have to come. And so when he passed by, he saw her and he, he wanted to go in with her. Of course, he didn't know who she was. She dressed herself up where she was completely covered. 
And so he went in with her. And uh, sure enough, three months later, you know, she was obviously pregnant. And so this, of course, would be a great act of harlotry, punishable by death under the law. And so he was going to have her brought out and killed, you know, when, and uh, then however she had made him give him his signet ring, his cord and his staff uh, when he had um, had his liaison with her on the side of the road. And so she produced that and showed him that it was him who had met with her by the side of the road. And his response was simply to say, she is more righteous than I am. And so she had twins, in fact. And one of those twins was a young man named Perez. And Perez ends up in the lineage of King David. And of course, King David is in the lineage of our Savior, Jesus. So here we have this woman who was a Gentile, um, who was an outsider, you know, outside of the Jewish folks. And yet, and a woman, and yet she's one of three women who end up in the genealogy, the official genealogy in Matthew of Jesus. And so what did Matthew write that in there for? Well, to tell us that the salvation, this Messiah who he was going to write about, Jesus, that it's for women, it's for men, it's for Gentiles, it's for Jews, that it's for everyone. And so the story of Tamar reminds us that God can use anything even our acts that are morally wrong, God factors it in to produce something good. And so when Paul says God works all things together for the good of those called according to his purposes, we can see that in the story of tomorrow. In the Bible, in the book of Judges, embedded in the story of Deborah the judge, there's a story about another woman who's Got relatively little print, but her story is a more important story than we might think. Her name is Jael, and in the story we hear about a man named Sisera. And Sisera has been a ruler that's been oppressing Israel for 20 years, causing misery to them. And in the story they have Sisera's mother speculating about him, thinking about him out there, you know, sharing the plunder from his most recent conquest you know, um, the things that he would be doing with the women, et cetera, et cetera. So she's wondering why he's not there, but thinking that must be what it is, that he's out there sharing the plunder and the like. Now, what she doesn't know is that it's been prophesied by Deborah the prophetess that Cicera would be given into the hands of a woman and so that he wouldn't be coming home. Now, this woman was part of a group called the Kenites. And if you remember Jethro, who is the father-in-law of Moses, those were the Kenites. And they had interactions with Jerusalem before, the people of Jerusalem. Saul praised them because he said that they helped Israel when they came out of Egypt. Now, these are obviously Gentiles. And so what she did was she saw Sisera, this woman named Jael, and she invited him to come into her tent. And by the way, they had an alliance with Sisera, her people did. And so this wouldn't have been an unthinkable thing. She covered him with a rug. She offered him water and gave him milk. And he was very tired and told her, hey, look, if anybody comes, just tell them nobody's here. So she put him in the rug, got him comfortable. 
And when he went to sleep, the word tells us that she went softly to him and she took a tent peg and she drove it through the temple of Sisera. And thus ended the troubler of Israel. Now, the thing, one of the things to note here is that women built the tents and set them up. And of course, they would use the tent pegs and nail those in there. So much like her famous son, soon to come in her lineage, um, King David, who used a slingshot rather than a sword, which he didn't know, used the weapon he knew. She used what she knew. She knew tent pegs. And so that's what she used to take this man's life. Now, she could have put herself in quite a compromising position. It took a lot of courage to do what she did. She could have been putting herself crosswise with her her husband because her people had an alliance with Sisera's people. But yet she did the thing that God would have wanted her to do. And we don't know if God spoke to her directly or not. The word is silent on that matter. But I imagine that he did. He gave her a sense of what she needed to do. And this woman, uh, you know, she did the thing that helped to move God's plan forward. Now, you personally, you won't encounter Sisera directly, but you will encounter demonic opposition. And you should know that much as she resisted Sisera, you're going to have to fight spiritual warfare. And you're going to have to use the weapons of our warfare, which, as you know, are the sword of the spirit, um, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, shod your feet, the preparation of the gospel of the peace. Um, and use the shield of faith and the sword, which is the rhema word of God. And then pray always in the spirit. And so these are the things you're going to have to do to successfully win your battle. It won't be with a tin pig. It'll be with the rhema word of God. Brief three, Ruth. So the third woman we're going to talk about that is spoken about by Shannon in her book is this woman named Ruth, from whom the book is is named about in the Bible. And what you should know is that there's actually a woman named Naomi who marries a guy named Elimelech, and they live in Bethlehem, but they leave Bethlehem and they go down to a land of the Gentiles. Apparently there was some hard times or something. In Israel, in Israel, and they had three young sons, or two young sons, and their sons married women of the land in which they, they went to. And one of these women, her name was Ruth, and the other woman's name was Korah. And so now, in time, Elimelech, the husband of Ruth, he died, leaving her a widow. And then both of her sons died, leaving her daughter-in-laws both widows. And so at this point, Cora does the thing that probably most people would do. She decides, hey, look, you know, I've still got some prospects. I'm young here. I can go and start over at the land that I know, doing the things that I know and, you know, find another husband or do whatever it is that I need to do in the place that I know. Now, in the meantime, Ruth makes a different decision. Her decision, I believe, was made out of compassion and love for Naomi. And she tells her, you know, this older woman who really can do nothing for her but she can do something for Naomi. She tells her, she says, um, you know, you, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And that, you know, basically as long as she's living, that she will be with her. And so she goes with her to return to Bethlehem. 
Now, Bethlehem means house of bread in Hebrew. And this is, of course, where David will be born in the city of Bethlehem. And then also where Jesus will be born, our Messiah. Now, Ruth is yet another foreigner, much like we've seen with these other two women that we've looked at, Tamar and Jael. And so here she comes. She's a woman who's a you know very poor woman, has no prospects, you know, um, and what she does is she goes out to gather the leftovers from the folks that are harvesting the crop, which was the way that the Israelites provided for the poor in their time. And so she went out and uh, brought back a ton of stuff because this guy who owned the field found out about her, asked who she was, and he'd heard about her, about Ruth, that she'd come to help Naomi. And so he was impressed by her kindness, uh, by her character, really, you know, that she would be doing it. So he told him to, to deliberately drop stuff out there to make her job easier. And so they did. And when she gets home, she tells Naomi, Naomi's like, where'd you get all this stuff? And she tells him whose field she was in. And she says, oh, that's a close kinsman of mine. And remember, kinsmen can redeem stuff, much like we learned in the story of uh, of uh, of Tamar, who was supposed to be, uh, you know, picked up, if you will, so to speak, by the other sons. And so uh, some relative of, of Naomi's could um, potentially marry her. And there was a guy who was a closer relative than Boaz. Um, and anyway, Naomi hooked it up where she, where she, Ruth met Boaz and in kind of his graining thing, graining threshing room. And, uh, he, you know, was happy that she'd come to him. He knew about her character. Apparently she was a pretty woman. And, uh, he said that she had forsaken the younger man, you know, and come and come to him. So what he did was he went to the other nearer relative and told him about the land that he could buy and then told him he would have to marry uh, Ruth in order to get it. And the guy was interested in the land, but he didn't want to uh, give up his heir, um, you know, by marrying by marrying Ruth. And so he forsook his claim, allowing Boaz to go ahead and take Naomi, take Ruth as his wife, Naomi's daughter-in-law. And so she marries Boaz, and guess what? They have a son. His name is Obed. And it's interesting because the women bless her, and they say, may your children be like Perez. And Perez was the one who, guess what? Who was in the lineage of Jesus, right? The direct lineage. And guess what? Boaz and Ruth have a son named Obed. And guess what? He has a son whose name is Jesse. And you may know that David, the king of Israel, was called the son of Jesse. So what we're talking about here is the great-great-grandparents of David, as we would say. But what the Bible would just say is the parents of David, since they don't make those distinctions like us. If you come before them and they're in your direct lineage, then you're the father or the mother of them. And so... Here she gets into the lineage of Jesus and also is listed in Matthew in the genealogy. Once again, yet another foreigner, yet another outsider who decides to lay her claim and her stake with the people of Israel. And look at God. Look at how he accepts them, those who accept him. 
He makes his people because it's actually all about him. And these women made different decisions uh, to, to get to the, the right thing, the right place. Places of love in the case of Ruth. And guess what? It did all come back to her. And if you've found this this brief interesting, then you might want to take a look at the book, The Women of the Bible Speak, that Shannon Bream wrote. I think you'll find it to be a very interesting and insightful book. Thank you very much for listening, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. Hi, thank you for listening to this brief. We have plenty more at ChristianBrief.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-B-R-I-E-F.com. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And hope you check out some of the other briefs at ChristianBrief.com.